0: So Father, we say thank you for this new year. Thank you. We can look behind and see all the things you've done. But thank you, as we've been reminded this morning, that you have new things for us this year, new ways you're going to speak to us, ways you're going to develop us as your body. I want to ask this morning, as we look at your word together, you'll show us ways in which we can strengthen ourselves individually, strengthen this body together in order that we can declare our intent before you this year to follow you in all of your ways. Amen. 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 Let's take our seats. So today we're going to be reminding ourselves who we are. We're going to declare our intent as God's people wow. at the start of this year. And we're going to know what it is to orientate our lives and our attitudes so that we're fit for purpose as a body of believers. that sound okay? Yes. I'm so glad you said yes. Can we get our Bibles? We're going to turn to the book of Isaiah and chapter 26. Isaiah, chapter 26. I'm going to read the first 15 verses. There's a lot in here. I found it was difficult to know where to stop. But I've chosen somewhere because we need to stop. Here we go, Isaiah 26, verse 1. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. But for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. In the night I search for you. In the morning I earnestly seek you. For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. Your kindness to the wicked does not make them do good. Although others do right, the wicked keep doing wrong and take no notice of the Lord's majesty. O Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Then they will be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies. Lord, you will grant us peace. All we have accomplished is really from you. O Lord, our God, others have ruled us, but you alone are the one we worship. Those we served before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will never return. You attacked them and destroyed them, and they are long forgotten. O Lord, you have made our nation great. Yes, you have made us great. You have extended our borders, and we give you the glory. Amen. Amen. That's the word of God. You know, it's really important when we read Scripture to know the, um, the type of writing that we're reading together and the context in which it was written. And um, this is from the book of Isaiah, and therefore we all know that it is what kind of writing? It's a prophetic writing. That's from Isaiah is one of the great Old Testament prophets. He's bringing the word of God to the people of Israel. And we, we know that within this kind of prophetic writing, we find a lot of pictures and a lot of symbolism, and they're there to help us to paint a picture of something that we... Um, we need to have explained to us in earthly terms in order that we can understand the spiritual reality. There's imagery used in this passage which speaks about future events. You'll notice in verse 1 it starts, in that day. Well, the in that day that is being referred to here is the day we call the day of the Lord or the day of judgment, the day of the return of Christ. It's talking about something that is future. But the passage also speaks of present realities. So it's showing us a future picture, but it's also speaking to us about present realities and something which we can take hold of today. Actually, realities which, if we see and embrace together, will enable us to present to the world, starting with our own communities, starting with the town of Market Harbour, a radical approach to modern life that will only draw people around us to King Jesus. And the life that's to be found in his name. Present realities. Verse 1 then. In that day, everyone will sing, our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. What a great image is that. The strong city. What a safe place to belong. Inside, secure walls. And if you read on, you'll see even better, they're not walls that we have built ourselves. They're walls that God has built. God alone has built the walls of his city. You see, the means of salvation is only to be found through Jesus. It is only to be found in the life, the death, and the resurrection from the grave of our Lord Jesus. There's nothing that mankind has done to build those walls of salvation around the city. And here's the present reality, verse 2. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. So who are the righteous? Well, it's us. We are the righteous. If we are people who declare ourselves to be followers of Jesus, if we are people who have come to the Lord Jesus, repented of our sins, and decided that we'd like to orientate our lives in a direction that honours and pleases him, then we are being described in this passage here as the righteous and the faithful. It's us. So the prophet here is painting a future picture, but to us it has a present reality. Because inside this city are citizens, and and we are the citizens. We are already the citizens of the future city. Can you see how this is a future-looking picture but for us, it de- declares to us today who we are. Can I turn you to Hebrews chapter 12 just to read a, uh, a little bit from, uh, from that passage? Because you've got the writer to the Hebrews who's explaining to his readers exactly this concept. Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 18. You have not come to a physical mountain, to a place of flaming fire, Darkness, gloom, and whirlwind, as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai. Skip to verse 22. No, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. The city that's in the picture, the strong city that's being described by Isaiah. The city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is the judge over all things. You have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made perfect. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. And the end of that section, verse 28, Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful And please God by worshipping him with holy fear and awe. We are already citizens of the strong city. We are already surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Hallelujah. How great is that? 7th of January. And we already know we're citizens of an unshakable kingdom. Surrounded by God's walls of salvation. And you know, as we are citizens of and dwellers in the strong city, our vantage point has changed. Our vantage point has changed. When we look around and we look out, we're doing so from within the strong city. We're doing it from a different place. And therefore, we see different things. The things we thought were important before we lived in the strong city are now much less important. A new vantage point brings a change of behaviour, a change of mindset, and a change of attitude. One of the things I do regularly, I'm a a financial advisor uh, as, as my day job. And one of the things I'm involved in often is showing people how their various investments and their pension funds have done and things like this. And you've probably seen these things in papers, you get a little chart. Showing, uh, showing the value of some kind of commodity or, or some kind of investment yeah, and how it's been doing over time. Mm-hmm. So you might have seen ones which talk about the oil price, you know, and, and it's up and down and a big spike and a big dip, and, and so it goes on. If you look at these charts over a short period of time, if you look at a chart over a week, <coughs> you'll scare yourself silly because you'll see your investment Going, going up one minute and down the next and up the next and down the next, maybe one day it will fall an awful lot. And if you look over the short term, if your vantage point is only very narrow and very slim, you get, a really, you, you, you get one particular um, story being told to you. Right, yeah. When we look at those market charts over a five-year period of time or a 10-year period of time or a 20-year period of time, that week, which caused all the consternation, is barely visible. It's a blip. It's, even, even on days when you know, the price of gold goes down 20%, when you stand back 20 years later, you go, well, we didn't really notice in the long run. You know, there was a bit, of a, a, bit, a bit of a blip. That's because your vantage point has changed. So just the same as when we look at market charts and commodity charts and see how things are doing in that way, so when we stand in the strong city and look out, we're doing so from a different position. Yeah? We're not looking at short-term gain, which is what the world around us preaches. But we're actually looking at God's eternal spiritual principles, which is really the rock on which we're standing in the strong city. And knowing that will change our mindset. Here's here's one way our mindset will change. As people who are redeemed and people who stand in the strong city will be people who are saying, open the gates of the city. Let the righteous in. The city is not a place to hunker down and retreat to. It's a place to invite others to. In place to invite others to join us in knowing God's salvation for themselves, know what it is to have the walls of God's salvation around them. You know, Jesus invites all people everywhere to the strong city. One of the things he said was, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, sanctuary in the strong city. You know, it's too good to keep for ourselves life in the strong city is different to life in the arrogant city if you look at verse 5 he humbles the proud he brings down the arrogant city he brings it down to the dust the arrogant city is a description of the world without god it's fleeting it's not eternal The arrogant city still wants to entice us as God's people. It still wants to entice us and those we love. But from our vantage point within the strong city, we can see what's going to happen to this arrogant city. It's going to be trampled to dust. That's what the word of God says. It changes our mindset then about what's important to us. Here's another way our mindset can change once we know what it is to stand in the strong city of God. We can know the perfect peace of God. If you look at verse 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. The word that's most often used for peace in scripture is the Hebrew word shalom. I'm sure you've come across that before. In fact, the word occurs over 350 times in the Old Testament alone. It's a big, important Bible word. Shalom. You see, the word itself means a far deeper peace than having peace of mind or, uh, or having peace and quiet. It's much different to that. The root meaning is to be, is to be whole and sound. And safe, total peace. The Bible will talk about peace with the Creator and His creation, harmony, right relationship. God wants us to have and to know His shalom peace. There's a bit of a parallel passage to Isaiah 26, and if you're taking notes, write down Jeremiah 33 and go home and read it. It's a really helpful um, parallel, which brings out some of the same principles. But Jeremiah 33, verse 9, says this, Then this city will bring me joy, glory, and honour before all the nations of the earth. The people of the world will see all the good I do for my people, and they will tremble with awe at the peace and prosperity I provide for them. You know, we might say, yeah, but I'm a follower of Jesus. And therefore, I'm a citizen of the strong city that we're talking about today. But I'm not feeling very peaceful. You might say, well, look at my job situation. Look at my family situation. Look at my financial situation. Look at this challenge or that challenge. I've not got a lot of peace Jesus says to us that we can have peace and trouble. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Jesus says that in this world, we will have trouble. He says, actually, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That is where our peace is found. It is in the taking heart and knowing who Jesus is and all that he has done for us. The peace that Jesus describes is not a short-term, am I feeling peaceful today kind of peace. It's a peace which comes from the vantage point of the strong city. You know, and there's a caveat. If you look in verse 3, it says, um, shall i read it again. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That's the caveat. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. At the start of this year, we've just found a promise that we can run with. Yes. We've found a promise that we can do something with in our lives. We're bound to face challenges this year. And, you know, as we, um, as we are walking through life together, even in this body, we know that there are challenges that individuals within the body are facing day by day, week by week, sometimes completely unexpected and um, we're going to see those again in 2018. Yeah. But our first thought does not have to be one of panic. That's right, yeah. It doesn't have to be one of keeping our eyes on ourselves, yeah. looking at the floor and wondering if we can solve the problem. God will keep in perfect shalom peace yeah. all who are trusting in him. Yeah. All whose thoughts are fixed on him. God smooths out a path for the righteous. Maybe we've known situations in our lives when things felt far from peaceful. And we've known that God step in and bring a change of circumstances in a way which we just thought was was impossible at the start. God smooths out a a path for the righteous. I can certainly bear testimony to that in my life, in my work experience in my um, experience of serving God, that he smooths out a path for the righteous. Mm -hmm. Know where we live. Experience the vantage point of the strong city. Here's another mindset that we can have as people who live in the strong city. Trust in the Lord always. And we demonstrate this by making his name the desire of our hearts. If you look at verse 8, it says, Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name. In the NIV it says, Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. I think that's really good. Your name and renown of the desire of our hearts. The name of Jesus. We've been singing about it this morning, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Let me read a few verses from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. It says this, Long ago God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets, and now in these final days he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the sun as an inheritance. And through the sun, he created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honour at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. Elsewhere, the scriptures say greater than any other name. I just want to go back and read that verse, which I've lost. Here it is. Uh, Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. The name that's above every other name the name of Jesus. It is the name of Jesus that we seek to glorify not just on a Sunday morning but every day of our lives, every day of our working week. The renown we seek is for the name of Jesus and we can all carry that name. In fact, one of the things that's true about every single one of us is that we are all really good name carriers. Mm -hmm. There's not a single person here Who's not a good name carrier? In fact, we do it all the time, and we do it every day. Think about some of the names we carry every day: BMW. That's a name. What about Jaguar, Vauxhall, Skoda, Land Rover, Seat, Ford? Their names. We wear them every day. If we're traveling about in our cars, about some more names we carry Android, Samsung, Apple, Google, Microsoft, Xbox, PS4. Names we're carrying all of the time in everything we do. Probably literally all of the time, <laughs> some of those names in our pocket. About some of these names Hugo Boss. Ted Baker, North Face, Ralph Lauren, Jack Wills, Timberland, Adidas, Nike, Reebok. The names keep coming. We're carrying names every day of our lives. Manchester United, Chelsea, (laughs) Liverpool, (laughs) Arsenal. Nothing, no. Um, (laughs) Even the mighty Leicester City. (laughs) Names that we carry every day. Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. (laughs) Shout out for Cadbury's. Thank you, Tilly. Twitter, Facebook. Even good old Marks and Spencer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Every day we are carrying names. We don't even think about it, do we? And you know, there's a common thing with all of those names we're carrying. They are all counting on you to carry their name. Yeah, Yeah, if you and I don't carry their names, they're finished. We can carry some of the names of the day that we live in. And yet, we can't untangle ourselves from that. I'm not suggesting that we stop carrying any of those names. They can be useful in, in their way but our lives are meant for something much greater than that. Yeah. Do you believe that? Yeah. Our lives are meant for something much greater than that. Yeah. We can determine the names we carry and we can especially determine to carry the name that is greater than any other name, the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's the mission that was given to Paul after he was met on the Damascus road by Jesus and a guy called Ananias was sent to go and meet Paul and what Ananias knew about Paul was that he was a man who went around killing Christians and Ananias was a Christian and therefore when God said to him you are to go and meet Paul Ananias said really but God said this to Ananias Paul is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and to the children of Israel You know, right at the beginning, Paul was not tasked with carrying a faith or carrying a philosophy or a set of ideas or a set of behaviours. He was charged with carrying the name of Jesus. You know, that's our task today. That's what we're all about. Actually, we're not tasked with promoting events or broadcasting our favourite Bible teacher or our favourite Christian podcast or our favourite spiritual writer. In fact, we're not even charged with talking about Living Rock Church. Mm. Although we may do some of those things as we go about the ultimate task of carrying the name of Jesus. That is what we're all about. We need to be confident that whilst our society round about us is infatuated by some of those names I read earlier, Yeah, the names of the brands and the cars and the football teams and all of that stuff. Deep down, people are searching for something more. Yes. Yes. People are searching for a name that has power to save. People are searching for a name that has the power to restore what was broken. To restore what was lost, just as we have seen in our own lives. And for all the earthly names that we've thought about this morning that are Big business here in the society and the world we live in today. There will come a day when they're all going to pass away. All of those names are part of the arrogant city. All of those names are part of the city which says, we're going to build something here without God. And God says, yeah, but one day it's all going to be trampled to dust. Because what will remain will be the strong city and the righteous and the faithful that I've brought into it. There's one name, the name of Jesus, Mm -hmm. that one day will cause every knee to bow before him, will cause every tongue to say that Jesus, he is Lord. He is who he said he was. (coughs) One name that has the power to bring the dead back to life. And I'm not talking physical death. I'm talking spiritual death, the power to bring the dead back to life. You know, if we are followers of Jesus today, we are people who have already been reborn from being dead. One of the things about man's problem with sin is that sin doesn't make us bad. Sin makes us dead. It is the power of Jesus that brings life back to something that was already dead. So do we want to be part of the people who are passionate about carrying that name? Once we've had a life and change encounter with Jesus, repented of our sins, now ourselves to have real life in him, we can carry that name. Mm -hmm. And you know, we may say that, well, I'm no preacher. In fact, you're probably thinking about that me right now. (laughs) We, We may be saying, I don't even know where to start carrying the name of Jesus. But, you know, we simply start by reflecting the light of his glory that is shining on us. That's our starting point. The psalmist writes, Psalm 63, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. We might say today, you satisfy me more than all of those names you read earlier. Mm -hmm. All of the stuff that the world is is holding up today as things to chase after and and, and run to, as things that have value. Mm -hmm. No, you satisfy me more than any of those. Mm -hmm. I will praise you with songs of joy. Mm -hmm. So back to Isaiah 26. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name, or the NIV, for the renown and honour of your name. And we continue to trust him by believing that as we carry the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to equip and build into us everything we need to be effective name carriers in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever we find ourselves day to day, to be effective name carriers. Mm. You will have often heard Stephen and I talk about our purpose here as Living Rock Church, and I said this at the start, here to carry the name of Jesus to market harbour and beyond, knowing that as we do so, we're going to be equipped by the Holy Spirit who will give us everything we need. We, We use that phrase quite a lot, and we use that phrase quite deliberately, because that's what we believe we're here for. You know, we actually want it to be a phrase which when we start it, you're going, oh, there he goes, we know what he's going to say. Because that's who we are. It identifies <laughs> us. We are people who are here to carry the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So as I finish this morning, I want to wish you all a happy new year. Of course I do. But actually what I really want to wish you is a peaceful new year. Yeah. Full of the shalom, peace of God. I want to wish you a secure new year because you are standing in the strong city surrounded by God's walls of salvation. I want to wish you a year that is full of faith. I want to wish you a year which is full of demonstrating name carriers from the vantage point that God has set us in. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.